Hey there, everybody. Caravan Central Wisdom Hour number 31. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Uh oh. It's Tony Barr counting it back in again. <laughs> top of the hour. Wisdom Hour. See, drummer never the wants to stop playing. <laughs> you know, those drummers, man, they just overplay all the time. You know, I wanted to, because I'm, I'm sharing it on the page here. So I have these two computers. I got my whole studio desk set up there. And I don't, figured I'll just leave it. The theme, will, the theme will end, and I don't need to stop it. I don't need to do anything. And I'm over here on the other computer, and then it just starts again. Like, why is it repeating? It doesn't need to repeat. <laughs> yeah, you ever notice that? It's just like the drums, right? They always fill up the, the space. Sound check, they're always playing. They always keep going, playing. Oh, don't playing get, through songs. Don't get me started. No, power, the power goes out. You can still keep playing. It's great. Yeah, don't get me started on soundcheck. Speaking of power going out, by the way, um, it is uh, has been raining and thunderstorming here all day today. It is currently pouring outside, and the power did go out for about two minutes a few hours ago. So if we all of a sudden get completely cut off, that's why. Probably. That's not going to happen. We'll be fine. I like your attitude. Sound checks. Interesting topic. We should come back to that. Remind me about that. Oh, yeah. I wrote a whole... Well, no, I didn't. I really should. I did write a point about sound checks in one of the articles I wrote on Hub Pages. Um, but that is really a good topic to talk about, which I don't think we have discussed that, have we? No, we have not. We could just even go right into it if you want, but... Um, we should recap a little bit because we haven't been here for a few weeks. And last week I had to work. I played on Monday and you had another obligation on Tuesday. And the week prior to that, I know I was playing. Oh, I think I played both nights. Yeah, I played Monday and Tuesday that week. So, Indeed. Yes. So, all right. We are live on the Caravan Central page. And in the Caravan Central group, the Caravan Central page, by the way, has surpassed 99,000 people. So we are at 99,200 and something. Wow. We said 100,000 by summer. Yeah. Uh, by June is what I said, like, uh, you know, back in like February. And it is yeah. June right now, and it will hit oh, six figures within the next two weeks. It will. It is trending that way. Um, so that's pretty big, man. I'm pretty psyched about it. Oh, it's awesome. Um, just trying to make sure I have the comments open here. So if anybody joins us. Oh, Sam Swanson likes the post. Sam Swanson is the, the uh, you remember the band? Uh, handsome Young. Yes, Handsome Young Ladies, Sam yes, Swanson. Yes. And he did, we played a couple months ago, they did a cover that we played it on the podcast of a Sade song, and it was really cool. And he sent, yes. me, he sent me something a few days ago, which I have not, I apologize, Sam, if you're listening, I, I have not gone and listened to yet, but uh, another song that they, I think they did a video for, so I'm actually looking forward to checking that out. Um, maybe we could get adventurous and actually play in, in the podcast without me even previewing it but um we're not gonna do that right now um <laughs> <laughs> i'm just not set up for it yet that's Did you been God? <laughs> i'm just i'm just not set up for it yet 
here, but but perhaps in the next hour I can get uh, get All right. Um So, what's been going on with you, man? Man. Nothing. The interesting topics lately is um, bringing PA to the gig, or hiring sound man for gig to bring said PA and operate. So if you have the budget, right, it's great to have a sound guy because he brings all the stuff, and then he mixes everything, and uh, you know you can focus on playing your instrument and playing, performing at your best, and not being stressed out about setting it up and having to run it, and you know because. What's your thoughts on those things? Like, a lot, when you play the club, I mean, it's the house PA, right? It's not somebody's PA, and it's there all the time. So there's no issue in moving it from A to B. Correct. You know, but I wonder what other bands outside of, you know, I imagine every club down by you is like that, right? Because it's set up for for that very way. Yeah, I definitely, on Bourbon Street in the French Quarter, it's all house uh PA setup, and then you have a sound man. In fact, we have the sound man that does our sound at the Swamp. Uh, his name's Michael J, and he works. I want to say at least six different clubs, and sometimes all in one night. Um, so it's it's not you're never going to have here, or it's very rare anyway, where you're going to have a sound man who who. And sets you up sound wise and then stays all night and tweaks. Wait, who's that? The, who plays six times a, a night? Hit the sound man, Michael J. He, he'll he'll go set up, you know, he'll set up our sound, then go to another club, set up their sound, and you know, bounce around and do other people's sound. Uh, oh, I got you. Does okay, really, you set it and forget it, and you, you then what? Yeah, one of the guys in the band controls the mix or the volume if it needs to be tweaked. It's not even an option. We we don't have access to that, so we set it, set it and forget it. Yeah, it's it's set it and adjust to whatever it is but he's you know he's been he's a veteran of the street um and he knows us all he's been working with us for years in fact when i worked at crazy corner he was a sound man there too um so um he knows how i like things and and it's pretty easy now you know just you go in like especially swamp we go in might have to make a minor tweak here and there but for the most part it's it's set up the way it's set up every night and um yeah not much changes not much changes but I mean, regarding your question uh, with with Salman, um, I, I'm not exactly sure what your question is, but um, it it occurred to me. I was thinking of a time. There was a time I was playing this band in Jersey called Liquid X, which was uh, all, all girls except for me. And for a time, the drummer was a guy. Oh, Chunk has joined us, by the way. Chunk, say hi. He said hi. He said yo. So say yo. What up, Chunk? Chunk. Um, and this guy, I was working for, uh, the, the band was um, part of a Stars band, which was Steve Tarkanish, who is, by the way, is a member of Cover Band Central, um, was a major promoter, especially in the 80s and 90s. And Stars was a management slash booking agency that really had all of the top, sort of had a monopoly on all of the top bands in that tri-state area scene new, new jersey new york connecticut and we were uh, liquid x was a stars band so he would get commission for any gigs that were booked i think it was 15 percent. and we had a salmon who worked with us for the most part most places he would go there were some places where we played where there was house sound but he would bring his gear and do sound and 
I don't know how much it was, but I remember that he got paid far more than I did. Um, and when I when I was became aware of this, I was like, you know, that doesn't seem right. I'm the talent man, or at least part of it. You know, he's just doing the sound. And but considering all the the, the expense of the equipment that he was using. And the time he had to put in to set everything up and then do it, then, you know, he, he was, uh, when you're craving church's three piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic church's Texas chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. Entitled to that pay. So I don't know if that was part of your question, but what was your question anyway? No, there was no question. It was a statement oh. about sound <laughs> okay. and saying about if you, the initial question was people bringing sound or hiring sound, and oh, okay. and we you know, we got digressed from sound checking, right? So right, right. you know proper way to sound check yes. and what to sound check and when not to sound check. I'm sure this we have some good. I do want to talk about that sound check yeah, because it's, it's that, sure. it, because it's something that I wrote about in an article, and what I wrote was uh, it, it was uh, the article was just. Um, uh, tips on being uh, good at playing in a cover band or something. Um, that really sounded wonderful. Everybody go read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the points I made was uh, know how to sound check. And the, the, the key takeaways from that are if you're working with a sound man who is going to do a proper sound check, listen to him. And do what you're told. And if you're not supposed to be playing, do not play. Shut the fuck up. If you're not supposed to be making noise during sound check, do not. Unless you're asked to. Um, and for drummers, and I know you know this. Um, and, and the point I also made in that was that typically most professional sound men will follow an order of operations. And they will usually start with drums. And then go to bass. And then keys or guitar, um, flip that um, one way or the other, any other instruments, then lead vocals, then your uh, your backup vocals. And then a lot of times, I mean, I've played gigs where there's a separate monitor mix and a separate monitor uh, technician, engineer. So then your your monitor engineer will do your monitors for you. Uh, that's in a, in a perfect situation. But... I mean, the t key takeaways that I want people to have are just follow instruction and don't make noise if you're not supposed to be making noise. Now, there's other circumstances where you're going to be doing sound check where you're not in that professional situation, where you're not, uh, where you don't have somebody directing you as to, you know, play the, and I was going to say about drums too. When you're asked to play a drum, you know this, you know, you play uh, moderate tempo quarter notes on that, on that drum whatever drum it is you know your first up time just don't 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 yeah usually don't. he'll say give me you know kick then snare then maybe a couple kick couple snare and then rack tom and then floor tom or rack tom one rack tom two floor tom right and then play the whole kick give me a beat right. and play a fill you know right but when you're playing a kick you're not you're not just doing 16th note double kick you know, you just do moderate no, just do, quarter. You're just yeah. playing eight. You're playing quarter notes. Yeah. Boom, moderate boom, tone quarter. Boom, quarter boom, boom. Just giving him a solid signal yeah. to mix. You know, to hear it. Right. And then he'll say, okay. And then they usually ask you too. 
hit it once, hit it a couple times. How, how hard, what's the hardest you're going to hit it? Like really give me, like really lean into it so he could set the level, right? So you don't blow it out. And then he'll, he'll then say, okay, snare, same thing you go through. And then, you know, same thing, just quarter notes on the snare, quarter notes on the rack toms, quarter notes on the floor tom. Then play me a beat. Just, you know, straight ahead. Just, you know, straight ahead rock beat. And then the fill's like. Right. This way you can see, he, he can hear all the, it's not like. Right. He doesn't want to hear that, you know? Right. So, I mean, every drummer should know that. That's that's an important They should, point. but sometimes it's just overlooked, you know? But the sound guy just wants solid hits on all the instruments and not crushing it. Play right. it like you're going to play it at the gig, right. and then a little harder so he can set the game. Right. All right, so i got to read Chunk's comments because he's talking here. Um, they He has a dedicated sound guy. He's like a member of the band. He gets equal pay. They all haul the gear and... Um, and uh, their own PA. Uh, he keeps their sound consistent and knows where to ride levels, effects, etc. And he says when they play festivals, they supply the PA and sound men. Not always consistent sound and attention. Ain't that the truth? I played with some terrible sound men. Um, but, uh, but you want to be prepared for the good, good ones. You want to expect that too. Um, but uh, yeah, just... And stage volume... Is a big thing to you know for drummers. It's not so much an issue, but anybody that has an amp on stage. Well, hang on a minute, drummers. Do you, in any of the clubs do you play? Do they put plexi around the kits? Yes, they do. Yes, is that every place? No. Okay, so what dic- what dictates that? Like, because when I played with you at the Swamp, there was no plexi. But what dictates maybe another place having that? That's an excellent question. Um, Part of the reason at Crazy Corner, and I think I talked about this on a podcast in the past, but um, years ago, three or four years ago, we had an issue here in New Orleans with a sound ordinance. Uh, somebody in a yeah, yes, high correct. up in the pol- political structure was having a problem with sound. So at Crazy Corner, they put the plexi around the drums at that time um, in order to reduce the volume. And they did it at uh, Opera House, which was a block away. And now there's plexi. There's plexi at Famous Door, which is one of the best rooms on the street. I can't tell you why. I don't play there um, regularly, so I don't know why. And this, the club across from the Swamp called Razoo, they have plexi around that one too. And um, the the drummer uses an electronic kit too, which makes it very bizarre. He, he's using live cymbals though. Well, I was gonna say that's the main issue. Yeah, cymbals, cymbals yeah. is what the plexi is really designed to, you know, to try and mitigate the effects of that. You know, because we I played a gig um, a couple weeks ago, a private party. I don't know if we broadcast since then, but um, I had the luxury of full sound. It was an outdoor gig. Uh, stage riser, uh, but long story short, sound guy was very uh, informative. You know, at the end of the night, saying like, um, you know, his really like uh, everyone in the band's real easy, easy to get along with, really easy to talk to. But he said very difficult band to mix because of the challenges associated with stage volume, um, microphone technique, uh, cymbals. 
uh, things of that nature, you know. And the guy had, you know, veteran sound guy, same thing, a couple different systems in the truck, scoped out the venue, picked the right system for it based on the conditions, had this little magic mix box, and then was, you know, out in the audience with the iPad right. uh, mixing the van. Yeah. Yeah, that's And what... killer. And it sounded great, but he said the same thing. He's like, the symbols are so cutting the frequency that they they live in very easily penetrates into all vocal mics around it that have any ability to pick up you know the, the sound so much so that it will in accompaniment to the actual physical and natural sound projection from the symbol that coupled with the fact that it's infiltrating all the microphones at that frequency it just blows out everything else in the band right you know what I mean? So that plexi helps to contain that behind that wall so that out front it's not as violent. Right. I got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, you know, at the swap, I'm standing. Uh, Sean hits hard, too, and I'm standing right next. I mean, right next to the drums. And those cymbals are in my ear all the time. Yeah. I'm surprised I can hear it all. What? Did you say something? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> so you probably shouldn't do that. Well, I should wear earplugs, which I don't. Um, but Chunk said they are all ampless, no backline, sans real drums, no feedback or stage volume issues. Again, keeps things consistent. Um, and how do they keep the drums from being overpowering on stage? Um, I don't know, but he's going to answer us probably. Um, they don't, use, uh, but they use amps at festivals, and mostly because they don't use in ears at festivals. Yes. Uh, however, more and more salmon are getting comfortable with virtual amps and in-ears for festivals. You know, another thing to talk about sound checking is etiquette amongst when you're on a venue with other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're performing with other bands or you're, you know, at a venue that has maybe an opening band or something and you guys are late. I remember playing one time with band and, you know, I got there early set up and people started trickling in they got there late you know and there was traffic and stuff like that so now there was like an opening guy who was doing a little solo you know acoustic thing for an hour and um guys are getting there late so a they're setting up you know like around behind the the guy you know who's doing the performing like because they're on the same stage right so (laughs) there are people getting there late so they're bringing stuff on stage while the guy's playing and then proceed to like get the stuff up and running, and the sound guy's like, you know, all right, give me kick, you know, and like, <laughs> give me this, and you know, the, the the guy's trying to perform, so you can't, you have to respect that, because you know, then right. the, the, the the individual who's performing got upset, you know, and was like, sure. I'm performing here, guys, like, give me a fucking break, you know, what's wrong with you? And then we're like, yeah, you know, I was like, well, I'm sorry. He's like, are we clear, <laughs> Crystal? Yes, thank you. Sorry. That's funny. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, etiquette, stage etiquette when you're playing with other bands too. And that's something yeah. I, I wrote about in an, another article as well is um, uh, especially, you know, if, if there's, uh, there's a schedule, it's usually a schedule if you're playing with other bands. When you're done with your set, get off stage as quickly as you can. Do not sit and linger. Do not talk to people from the stage. Do not go and get yourself a drink and come back. Get shit off the stage and get out of the way. 
and clean up your stuff too. If you left a glass, a bottle, a uh, candy wrapper, anything, clean up after yourself. Um, you should always do that, but especially if there's you know multiple bands on a bill, you know that is a big part of etiquette. Yes, indeed. And we've all been in that situation where somebody did not follow that etiquette, and it's very frustrating. If you're the next band, you're waiting, you're waiting. Yeah, and if you're buttoned up, like when we used to do with Eye of the Storm and we played festivals, and I had the big double bass mega kit with the cage, you know, that that was the answer to that question, you know, because we would set, it was a gigantic drum set. But as soon as you were done playing, the, you know, you could pull the two bass drums out with the pedals on them, and guys could take them right off the stage. The snare was hung from the cage, and so was the hi-hat. So you just loosen up the, the bottom of the hi-hat and pick up the, the bottom so it's up about a foot off the ground, tighten the screw again, and then the whole kit could be picked up and lifted off the stage by four people. Right. I used so to, you're literally off the stage in under five minutes, the yeah, whole band. That's great, man. I, I used to be fascinated with, uh, like, when I would go see concerts, which I did a lot in my youth, in my teen years, in my 20s and um, 30s, and I still go. Occasionally, but I used to, I wasn't the guy that was like getting all wasted and sitting there going, you know, I was the guy that was sitting there just watching and absorbing everything that was going on. I used to be fascinated with the, the, uh, the tech crew, the roadies and everything, and just watching them, how quickly and efficiently they would move things or just get things done, especially if like, you know, there's opening act and then there's your, your, your headliner comes on and I would just love watching this crew and like how, how like a machine they would work and look oh, yeah. and i think i learned you know probably picked up some tips from watching that um yeah you want to act as professional as possible so if you want to learn learn from the professionals yeah pay attention yeah that's how you're gonna get work and keep it you know be good be cool be smart Keep calm and keep drumming. Right. Keep drumming if you play drums. Yeah. Uh, or whatever, whatever other instrument you may yes. choose to play. Keep drumming on your instrument. Um, so but yeah. So sound check. That's good. Good stuff there. You know, if you're in a club, it's usually a sound. Like to your point earlier, if it's a, a house sound guy, he knows the system better than anybody. So you probably don't yes. want to be telling him how great this is going to sound or what you did to this or make sure you try doing that, you know? Yeah. If it's his room, he knows the room. So don't try to think that you're smarter or you know more. Right. Because even like the new mixers, when we, we bring our mixer out in our PA, uh, you know, you can save the different scenes. So if you do go back to another you know, a venue the same place. You can, if you save the scene from the mix you had last time, you know, you press the button and it comes up and then the whole board sets up to whatever it was that night in that room last time you played there. Right. And usually you still have to make tweaks anyway because there's ghosts. Yeah, a little bit, but at least you have a big head start, you know? Yeah. Every day is different. Every energy is different. And sometimes that requires twisting some knobs. <laughs> huh. Yeah, indeed it does. Sliding some faders something like that um and you know just on that note too with house places that you play um or even not you know just any place you play the, the not only the sound man but the people that are there that are like bartenders managers doormen shot girls 
whatever, like, you know, barbacks, they're there all the time. You're not. So it's their home that you're walking into. And you come in with an attitude like you're a big shot or you're better than other people, you are likely not going to be asked back unless you're your band is killer and you pack in the room and you're making the yeah and you won't be treated well anyway if you you act like that you know yeah just default to other people know more than you do about where you are and you know and treat it like you're walking into somebody's home you know you you're not going to walk into somebody's home and go open their refrigerator and you know (laughs) whatever well maybe no maybe if if you're if if somebody says hey go get me a drink then you'll open their refrigerator um, but anyway, I mean, the, the, the point is the etiquette of places. And I try to, you know, you know, I have house gig swamp. I know just about every bartender's name, um, doormen, not so much, uh, cause there's so many of them and they, 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 uh, they change up frequently and they don't really interact with us all that much. I'll say hello, you know, but I don't know their names. Um, but bartenders, and some of the shot girls, I know their names. Every bartender, I know their name. And I make a point, and this is something I really enjoy about my job, especially at the Swamp, where I get to talk on the mic a lot because I sing a lot there. And, like, uh, for instance, Tracy, our lead singer, will go out and bring the tip jar out around the room, so then the stage is mine. And I talk on the mic, and I always, always say the bartender's name. You know, Chris is behind the bar. Make sure you're taking care of Chris. He takes good care of us. Oh, um, yeah. And I, I love, it's one of the favorite parts of, of playing at Swamp is I love to rap on on the mic on live, you know, in, to people. I love to talk to people, interact with people. I'm always asking people where they're from and what they're doing and, and, and what they want to hear. And, and I'm, I mean, if I say so myself, I'm good at it. You know, other people have told me that too. Because I like doing doing voices too. Like I'll do the, the, um, the stripper DJ voice. Um, let me see if I can do it. I'll do like a... Up next is Brandy on the main stage. Make sure you're taking care of Brandy. Throw your dollar bills, fellas, at Brandy. And right now, Bud Lights are on sale for 12 bucks. That's right. You can get a Bud Light fresh and cold for $12. <laughs> Here's some Motley Crue. <laughs> so, I... Yeah. I've heard that guy before a couple times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's the the stripper club DJ voice. Every one of them <laughs> sounds just like that. <laughs> so anyway, I was doing it the other night. I was cracking people up. So I love that's a big part of my that I, I that I love at the swamp is just to do that and get on the mic and be silly and goofy and make people laugh. And um, and uh, but you know, again, I always make a point to point out people that are there that are working that are always there or that are there more than I am, and make sure I give props to them and they always appreciate it, man. You can always see them smile or wave or whatever. And it's, you know, it's some people have their sort of canned um, uh, uh, repartee and that they just spout out. And it doesn't really mean anything because they just say it all the time. And it's not really it's not really accomplishing anything. I like to be more spontaneous and uh, personal. I think it works. So. That's my suggestion. Yeah, right it's not contrived. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like a like a shtick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to me, I guess to me, it sounds like a shtick because I hear it all the time. But, um, you know, to, 
there's a lot of people that are complacent, man. And I don't want to go ragging on anybody, but especially here, when you're doing it night after night, you just get, a lot of people get just so complacent with, I'm here at this club again, and I'm doing these same songs again. And not to say that they're not having fun and putting some energy and effort into it, but as far as being creative and being more a little more present with, um, you know, this is a brand new night. These are brand new people that are in this club that have never seen us before and don't necessarily treat it like that or put put the time or effort or art into it as as much as I do or at least think. Well, well that, that goes with anything, right? I mean, like, I'm going on Friday to see a Def Leppard and Journey. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got tickets from... Is Steve uh, playing um, guitar still? Huh? Steve, Steve Brown from Trixer and from... Um, Oh, for for Def Leppard, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. He was wow. he uh, Steve. That's worth mentioning. Steve uh, Brown was in a band called Trickster in the uh, late '80s, early '90s. They had a their first yeah. record went gold. Um, they had some popularity, and they toured with big artists like Def Leppard and Kiss and and a bunch of them. And Steve became became friends with uh, Def Leppard. And Steve Brown is a person that has played tirelessly in cover bands um, in mostly in Jersey. And I played with him. <sighs> probably at, at least a dozen times in a band called Sugar Belly and with his band. So I know Steve pretty well. And he, uh, Phil Collin, uh, the guitar player in Def Leppard is away from, uh, or went away at least a week or two weeks ago. Something to do with some family issue. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but Steve was apt, asked to step in. So it was Steve Brown and Vivian Campbell playing with Def, Le Def Leppard. So I don't know if he's still there or not. But um, that's a pretty cool thing there, kids. You know, Steve is um, yeah. a great guitar player. He's got a, he's a great singer. He's been a working musician since I've known him, which was when we were like 17, 18 years old. And um, he's playing in Def Leppard. But essentially, he's playing Def Leppard covers. He's just playing it with Def Leppard. But anyway... <laughs> Exactly. So you're going Just like to the guy singing for Journey, right? So you're right, exactly. So you're going to see the show next week. You said yes. No, Friday. Oh, Friday. Okay, cool. Friday night. So the point I was going to make was think of how many times those guys have played those songs, right? And how many tours they've done, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. yet, it's getting really great reviews. It's saying that they're you know. Uh, they, they all sound great, both bands, and they're, they're, they're rocking. So looking forward to it. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen both bands many times. Uh, I have not seen Journey live with their current singer, although I saw their um, – they had like a concert on TV and, and the documentary, which I don't know. Have you ever seen that? It's called Don't, don't Stop Believing uh, – journey story or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I have I not. Read. It's on Netflix. It's, uh, or at least it was. It's about the guy, and I, geez, I don't know his name, but the guy who's currently singing with Journey and... YouTube yeah, guy. Yeah, and how he got the gig and they were filming, you know, they took, people were taking video when they were looking, Neil Sean and um, the rest of the band were looking for a singer and, the, you know, they, they saved all that footage and the guy who got the gig, there was footage of him playing uh, in cover bands and uh, then footage of him when he got this email from Neil Sean and, and 
then the trip to to go audition and that whole audition process was filmed and it's a really really fascinating story and and um documentary i highly recommend anybody watch it um to to show you to you know to show you that if you are really good and you put that passion and love into what you do there's no telling what's going to happen you know it's the same story like the uh, ripper what's his face with they got the judas priest gig um that was uh, scott, scott travis no it was R- ripper something ripper owens he got and it's the movie rockstar was loosely based on that um the the uh the guy got the judas priest gig for a while he was in a judas priest cover band tribute band, okay and he got the gig for judas priest so this guy got the gig with journey and um uh, it's a really good story, so check it out on Netflix. Cool. Yeah, and he's and he's been touring with them for a while, a long time, at least I, I would say at least ten years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just reading a comment there. Um, Ripper Owens, yes, Chunk just confirmed that. Ripper Owens. Um. So yeah, those those bands. Uh, so, I mean, Def Leppard is really a, essentially the original band, except for Vivian Campbell, but he's been in it for a long time, too. And yeah, no, Journey's the whole original band too, except for uh, the singer. Yeah, yeah. So and both bands, you know, mega hits. That should be good, you know. Like I was looking at uh, over the weekend, like Def Leppard hit list. They got a ton, they got a oh, ton yeah. of songs that were were. were you know, top ten hits. Oh yeah, you're gonna know every song from both bands. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and it's gonna be. Uh, where's the Where's the show? Uh, it's at Prudential. Okay, that's uh, Prudential. Is that a Prudential Center, Newark? Oh, Newark. Okay, I see. I've ne- I've never been that to, to that. Venue. Oh, dude, best sounding room to go see a show. Mm. Bar none. Awesome. You take video with your phone and you listen back to it in headphones and it's like the kick from hitching the chest. It's just, it's, it's incredible. That's awesome. Well, yeah, but really good. Yeah, can't wait to hear about that. I know they're coming down here to, I think, not until September maybe. Uh, they tour every year though, both of those bands. And they still kill it. They're going to be around until they can't do it anymore. Yeah, looking forward to that too. But um, again, sound check, right? So think of how just how important it is to get the sound check. And it's always good. One thing just to close that topic was when you then once you've sound checked everybody, right? We only talked about you know certain instruments, but once everyone is sound checked, and then it's like, okay, guys, we're going to do a song, right? Mm-hmm. Something, uh, you know, what do you want to sound check with? So you know, in your experience do you guys have a go-to song that you'll sound check with i know but i i would say that the best way to, to to choose a song to sound check is make sure all instruments are being incorporated so if you have a keyboard player make sure it's a keyboard song yes of course yes nuts. and make sure that the vocal make sure it's a song where the vocals are being incorporated the backup vocals you know, so everybody gets to check in in the song um, so, you know, you don't want to play a song where you're not singing backups and then all of a sudden you start your show and the first song you sing backups and your sound is off. So, yeah, pick a, you know, be smart about the song you pick. 
Song selection, man. It's so huge, man. I, I had a whole thing go on this week. I don't know if I want to talk about it. <laughs> but now I just mentioned it. So I have to. Yes, you did. So I have to. Um, all right. You know what? I just have to do it. Um, where I play in New Orleans is very tight. It's on Bourbon Street. There's clubs all over all around you can walk across the street 10 paces and you're in a different club um and there is a certain a level of competition because you don't have to pay to get into the club you can walk in and out with alcohol and your success is predicated upon how many people are in your club spending money so it's a little more challenging than a normal situation where uh, it's a destination gig to to retain your crowd. I'd say it's a lot more challenging. So a big factor, I believe, is your song selection. Now, the swap, we typically don't approach the night as, like, we're trying to get people in here, we're trying to get them to spend money, we're trying to keep them here. Let's put together a show to, to accomplish that. That is not the attitude there. The attitude is we're up here having fun. We're going to play. And we don't go too far left with songs. Um, but the mentality is not there in place for the person or persons who are selecting songs to to put together a show and to accomplish that mission. We're just more lax about it. And that really comes from the band leader. That's where it starts. Um, so we had sort of a quote unquote band meeting after one of our shows this week and it got a little heated, not too heated, but a little bit tense anyway, um, saying that we, it, it started, this is how it started. We, the, the night, it's slow right now in the summer and we had a we started the night and we had a nobody in the room and then we had this group of like four people four or five people came in and they started requesting songs and giving us money and put them in a tip put in a tip jar so we were honoring the request and they requested uh one of the guys requested hootie and the blowfish and Nobody in the... It was just me, Tracy, the singer, Glenn, the guitar player, and Sean, the drummer. And I don't have a problem trying to sing a song that I've never sung before. If I feel I can pull it off. If I feel it's in my range, I'm familiar with the song, I know the bass part, I'll do it. You know? I Especially when it's summer, it's not busy, uh, we don't really have anything to lose. And I wanted to do Only Want to Be With You, which is the one that I'm most familiar with. And the guitar player did not know it. So he said, well, I know Let Her Cry. And I said, well, okay, I, I've played that too before. I've never sung it before. But we have the... And everybody on CBC, you know, plug your ears. We have a iPad on stage. <laughs> it's a big... It's a, what was that? Huh? It's, it's, what? A, it's a big topic in government central. But Tracy keeps... Uh, she's got a clipped on her mic stand. She's got an iPad to pull up lyrics. And in this case, I think it's appropriate. 
I will use it sometimes. I put it low so it's not in front of my face um, so I can still see people and people can still see my face. And I don't stare at it. I just peek at it and, you know, to know what the words are. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Anyway, she pulled up the lyrics for Letter Cry and we did it. And I did an adequate job with it. I didn't know some of the phrasing, so I'm reading the words and not, and screwing up the phrasing. I, the, some of the key parts of the song, I know it um, just from hearing it, so I was good on that. But some of the phrasing I was off on. So, it wasn't... The guy come up and take his money back out of the No. Okay, no, they because they knew that we, you know, because I was honest on the mic. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've never sung this, but you made the request. You put money in the jar. I'm going to give it a shot. So they were, you know, encouraged. Yeah, they were they're appreciative of the effort. Appreciative, encouraging. They're on my side. They're pulling for me. And, you know, at the end, you know, they, <laughs> they're, pulling they're pulling for me. Yeah, like, we hope you can make it, Rudy. Come on, Rudy. Get to the end zone. Um so, um, but, you know, at the end, and they, they were appreciative of it at the end. And then, so this conversation started at the, after we were done at the gig, like, we shouldn't be doing songs that we don't really know. This guy just gave us three bucks and blah, blah, blah. We need a master song list to pull, you know, and master song list is something that I would preach to every single band that you need to have a master song list. There's no excuse to not have one. And in this band, we do not have one. And it's really up to the band leader to do that. So the, this, this meeting with the band was, was Sean telling us, all right, like we, I need your songs. To, you need to, and Tracy, I need your songs that you sing. And Steve, I need your, your songs that you sing so I can put together a list. And in my mind, I'm thinking genius. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> um, so well, I was well, now all of a sudden, why is it important? Um, I, cause he was just getting, fr cause Glenn was getting frustrated and he was getting frustrated with stuff. And then he's just like, all right, let's, you know, do this. Um, so it, it just kind of like pissed me off a little bit. Like, see, Sean's not on Facebook and he doesn't know, he doesn't get the scope of this whole Coverman central thing and what I've been doing. Like there's, there's so many people, if you look at, if you follow the group, there's so many people out there that are looking to improve their situation that they're in. They're looking to make more money, get more gigs, do a better job, whatever. They're looking, they're looking to learn. They're look, they're trying They care. And you know, I run this thing. I created this damn thing and I'm in a band with a person that doesn't do that, you know, until he's backed in a corner where, okay, I have a problem now. I need to, to come up with a solution rather than being proactive and just knowing these fundamentals of this job. And it's a little insulting to me. It's like, dude, you have this resource here that I have created, that I have provided. I am standing here next to you. I've written 30 articles about things like this, and you're not respecting the fact that, that I'm here and I am this resource. And it just, it, you know, I know it, it got to my ego a little bit, but it just insulted me. And I was just like, you know, I kind of stewed about it for, for the night and then the next day everything was fine. But, um, <laughs> well, the next day I put together my list and I emailed it to him and then Tracy did the same thing and showed up sure. the gig and he's got both lists printed. And, um, and this was last night, we had Monday night we, and we had, a, we did five sets, which is 
usually unheard of on a Monday, much less a Monday in the summer. But Sean was like, you know what? We were, we're working hard and we deserve it. So I, I got to give him props for that because he's the one that gets to decide. Um, he has management pull, so he gets to decide if we're going to roll or not. And we had, uh, let's say a couple dozen people in the room, but they were having fun. They were drinking. They were making requests. So he's like, we're going to roll another set. So we did five last night. So I was, I was happy about that. So there was improvement to, um, you know, uh, after the whole tension feeling of things, but you know, something good came out of it. And we, you know, we've been through, I've been in that band almost four years now. So we've been, we've had our ups and downs and, and whatnot. We always persevere. So, uh, but it was a thing. And has it been pretty much the same personnel or same core for four years? Um, Glenn, the two guitar players have been there since I've been there and they alternate weeks. Uh, Sean has been there obviously the whole time. He, it's his band. Uh, Tracy came in uh, about a year after I was in the band. And yeah. Um, and we have this other singer, uh, this guy Derek, who works at another band down the street. He works with us a couple nights a week. And he's been doing that for, uh, I want to say at least six months, probably longer. But he's he's kind of like part of the musical family of Bourbon Street. So it's, you know, it's not a stretch there. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, yes and no. For the most part, it's been sort of the core people, um, but some people have changed. But, uh, you know, back to the sort of complacency thing, too. I would think there's so many people around the world that would kill to have a gig like I have or that we have. And would... would I, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people that would put in a lot more work into elevating the the professional status and trying to do better, trying to make more money, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I also understand the flip side of where it gets so redundant and you just kind of lose that passion and you lose the perspective. You lose the excitement that somebody would working walking into this for the first time would have. But why do you think that is? Or what do you lend that to? And before you answer that, it's a half question, half half not. Knowing that at one point the enthusiasm and the excitement to be able to play for a living and to do that and create music almost every night is a gift, right? So if you look at it from that perspective of not just a grind but, you know, there's a lot of other things you could be doing that are not as fulfilling or spiritual or, you know, privileged as, as doing that. And I think that's what people lose sight of. And like you said, it becomes more of a grind, um, you know, and a complacency rather than a homage to, to the gift. Right. Um, I mean, I would attribute it to just the, the same thing that anybody goes through in any repetitive activity in life. They just, you kind of lose the, the wonderment of it. You lose that, that initial, uh, just the innocence of, of, you know, walking into a new situation and the excitement of that, because it just like in a relationship, the same thing would probably occur oftentimes where you, you know, you're in a new relationship. You're so excited to be with this person. 
um, you love every minute that you talk to them or you're with them. And then after a couple of years, it's like, eh, okay, yeah. You know, it's th- that excitement sort of diminishes. And I guess the same thing occurs in this situation. And, and a lot of the people that are here grew up here and have been playing on Bourbon Street for 20 years or longer. Um, so it's just, it's normal to them. So you have your good days, you have your bad days, just like any anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's that's where the complacency just kind of is able to grab a foothold. Um, and it, it would take intention to try to maintain that excitement and newness. You would have to actually be intentional saying, I'm going to approach this night as brand new, you know, as if I've never done this before, you know, you would have to actually think about it. And well, again, if it's a mindless thing like bagging groceries or some kind of repetitive, you know, task that is like mundane and, um, you know, certainly if you're viewing it as that, then, then you're, you're the perspective of what you're doing is, is, is skewed, right? Which to your point goes back to the newness, right? It's like anything else when you have you, know, you have two people who want to learn an instrument and they're very much both enthused and, and dedicated and committed to, to, to the effort. And, but yet one student is very naturally gifted and the other student is um, not as gifted, has a, an ability, um, but has a desire to want to practice and learn and, and to really, you know, get, dedicate themselves to it then you also have the rare student where it's at both so over time you know the the student that is more naturally gifted sometimes is not going to try as hard right because it comes easy to him so if he's not challenged it's he's going to spend an hour a week working on something for a lesson and then spend the rest of the time dabbling or playing or doing something else whereas the the uh, other student that's not as as uh, that's more driven but not as talented We'll maybe practice every day for an hour, you know, and at the end of the year, that student is going to quickly catch up to the other one, right. uh, you know, for that very reason. But they're both to have that enthusiasm about it. Right. So I think that, like, again, like you were saying, you got to do it with intention, because if you've been doing it for 15, 20 years, you know, you are professional. That's what you do for a living. You could be doing a lot of other things that are not as fulfilling, but you're missing the intention of realizing that fulfillment. Right. It just becomes like another like you said, you got to be present in that moment and remind yourself of, of you know, what, why you do it and the passion and the love you have for it. Yeah. And, and it's important what you said, too, about being a student. You know, you, you have to kind of approach it like you always have something to learn and you always want to improve and, and, um, and just be better at your craft. And a lot of people that I know do not approach their, their craft as a student. Um, you know, they come in, they sing their songs and they go home and do their other things. And then they just come back and it's easy. It's, you know, especially at the swamp, you just come in like there's songs that I play that I have played. I, you know, I, I couldn't even put a number on it. Hard to handle. I've played that song so many friggin' times and I never, ever, ever have to think about it. So while my fingers, I don't have to look at my neck. I don't have to think about one thing. I don't even have to really, I, I can just be thinking about something completely different, watching TV, 
uh, you know, watching people watching and my fingers just do it, you know, and there's a lot of songs like that for me here because we play the same ones all the time and I've done it so many times. So what else is going to occupy your mind? When, when you're doing that if you're not putting like some work into your craft thinking about like oh how does this song go and blah 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 and I hope you know and, and you're listening to other people in the band like you know I hope I'm locked in with the drummer or like I hope the harmonies are on if you're not doing any of that your mind is going to be occupied with something else um, so you, you have to kind of I I like learning new songs. I like playing new places. I like playing with new people. I like playing with other people that I consider better than me because I like to learn. I like to challenge myself. I like to grow. It feels good. It feels exciting. It makes me feel alive. That what's, that's, that's what makes me have this passion for playing music is when I can like, like somebody pr will present a song to me that is challenging and I'll practice it and learn it and play it and go and pull it off. And that is that's where I get the juice, man. Like, uh, you know, I, I did this, you know, I accomplished this thing and it's fun and sounds great. And everybody else that there's no greater joy for me as a musician, musician than to lock in with, you know, three or four or five other people on stage for the first time playing a song, which, which you didn't ever rehearse. You, and there's that magic that happens, man. And, Oh, no doubt about that. Like, um, you know, we just played a gig without Kel, um, private party, and we had a fill-in bass player, and it was uh, Anthony Picone from Lurker Park, who had played in the band. I think either bef I think before you, or after you. Yeah, before me. Yeah, um, I know who he is. But anyway, same thing. Like he said, I know these many songs, and you know, quick fresher up on this one. Sent him a set list. He went over some stuff, and then when we got to the gig, um, same thing. It was like exciting. We had rented a PA. So we had full-blown, you know, like killer sound and didn't have to think about anything but playing. And, you know, he, he was right in the pocket, knew all the songs, and it was, you know, it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun, and it was uh, exciting. We had some good jams and some, some you know, spontaneous moments, but you're right. It was like a good time, you know, to be had by all. It was a good party setting. Uh, you know, Guy was uh, super excited to have the band there. People were up dancing. You know, he's hired us for two hours overtime. It was, it was great. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's just that any sort of newness. And you're juiced, you know? Yeah, you're, you're juiced. Excited Even, about to playing it. Yeah. I mean, you, we're, typically, as a band, we're always excited to play. But um, I don't mean like when you haven't played with someone in a while or it's, or it's new, different, you know, members. Like the chemistry is different and um, some, you know, interesting things have the opportunity to, to come to light. Yeah. And they do. It'll happen because you're playing yeah. with a different bass player. So you're going to approach things maybe a little bit differently. You're going to hear things maybe a little differently. And that's going to spark some sort of different idea in you. And perhaps something wonderful will grow from that. And, and you know, quite often does. Because it inspires you in a way you weren't inspired by it. Because everybody brings us a different energy. Yes, stage. well said. Yeah. Mm. So, and, and not to point any fingers at the swamp, but I, I you know, because I am just as guilty of being complacent as well um, there. But I do try to push myself still. Um, like, I'll go back and listen to songs that we've played a million times and relearn it or, or, or just try to find something that, that I, I'm missing or, or listen to a live version and listen to a different way of, of playing it. Um, and, and 
and especially with singing lately, I've been singing more songs that, you know, that I've never sung before and not being afraid to try. Um, and Tracy, God bless her, man, is very, very encouraging of me doing that. Um, she's a fantastic singer and she encourages me and uh, motivates me to push myself vocally. And, and I think I, I'm, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good. You know, I, I get, I like the sound of my own voice and I get, you know, good feedback. And especially since I quit smoking a year and a half ago, my, my vocals have gotten so much better. My range increased. Um, I never have to clear my throat. I used to have to clear my throat before I sang all the time because I was smoking. Um, and I never have to do that anymore. I never have any pain too. I used to have a lot of pain, um, in my throat cause I was singing from my throat, um, rather than using my voice properly and bre right. breathing properly. So, um, so I do at the swamp, I do try to push myself and, and, and now Sean is trying to encourage us all to pick some new songs to play. So that is a good sign. And right now it's summer. So we have the opportunity to kind of be a little bit more flexible with experimenting since there's not big crowds. And then the, the, the real season in New Orleans starts in, when football season starts, September. Right, right. Um, not that there's no p people down here, but it's just not the busiest time of year. June, July, August. It's hot. It is hot here. Yeah, I bet. So so how, what, what percentage of the crowd do you think it thins out to? If, like, in the peak season it's 100%, what is it during the summer? 30? 30, 40. Depends. Depends on the night. Depends what's going on. You know, there's always stuff going on here, you know, year round. There's things happening in New Orleans and, and summer is, is bigger for weddings kind of. So you, we get, especially the last few weeks, we get a lot of wedding parties down here. Right. Um, so, or, you know, people come for their bachelorette parties or bachelor parties, more bachelorette parties than bachelor parties, which I, I encourage. I like the bachelorette parties because <laughs> it's girls, um, dressed nice and out to drink and have a good time and dance and get funky. Um, yeah. And, um, you get conventions here too. Um, so it depends. It's, it's, it's somewhat predictable, but never completely predictable. You just never know. You never know from one minute to the next, what's going to happen really. No, you don't. Cause like you said, I mean, you know, We've all experienced that at gigs and bars, right? Where you, it's it's slamming, then it's not, or it's not, and all of a sudden, like you said, a party of something comes in, or a crew arrives. You know, mm -hmm. I was playing a gig one time, and there was like you know a decent amount of people in the bar, and all of a sudden, like a party bus with like fifty people, and it came, and that was their destination for the evening, just by coincidence, and yeah. you know, complete mayhem then ensued. <laughs> That's great. You know what I mean? Because think about it, like you roll up with. It. 50 people that's like one of those big like party limos right that's a you know ready to party and then they come to the bar and they're not leaving like they're not hopping around that's that's their destination until they leave good times it's awesome um so we're, we're coming up on an hour already and there were a couple things that i really wanted to talk about so maybe we can go a couple minutes over if you don't mind um, speak it uh, and chonk said party bus equals cover band holy grail <laughs> yeah, that sure does. Um, so, uh, Chonk, speaking of Chonk, he's the guy who has been designing the website, and he and I both had sort of take a hiatus um, 
for a few months uh, for different reasons um, on getting this thing back uh, going. And the the, um, the framework is there. It's really ready to go. It's really waiting on me and a couple of things from him, but mostly me. Um, and we spoke on the phone last week um, and uh, revisited where we left off and came up with a game plan for how to move forward. So I have a to-do list for myself, which uh, I apologize, Chunk, I have not done anything on. Um, I did have a busy week last week, and then the weekend I went to see my mom. Uh, it's her birthday yesterday, so I went to see mom for the weekend. And then oh, hi, birthday, mom. Played Sunday and Monday, and but uh, yeah, so uh, Chunks, he's fantastic at, at the support he has given is just immeasurable. Um, and, um, you know, we're going to come up with a killer website. Uh, we're going to have a really amazing resource for everybody out there. Thank you. I, I see. I have the applause thing too. I didn't even bring it up on my phone because I rarely use it. Um, I bring it up at will anytime you need it. Yes. Um, so, um, we're going to put, you know, we're going to put it up and have it be interactive right away and make sure that we have the resources there uh, available for people that for what they're looking for and and grow it organically as we go. But the, the important thing is launching it. So I'm going to say within within the next few weeks, we're going to really have a, a good idea of, of when we're going to launch this thing. We're going to set a launch date and make it a big, exciting thing. And. Now we're over 99,000 people on the page. We're going to hit 100,000 within the next couple of weeks. So it's all going to be st starting to ramp up. So I'm very, very excited for this. And, um, and I will not stop talking about it on the page and in the group once it's really going. <laughs> um, Can you please stop talking about it already? No. No. And then one other thing, and this might take a few minutes to discuss because I really want to talk to you about this and your feedback and your ideas. Oh, boy. Your, <laughs> your ideas oh boy. for this. I have a guest lined up, and we, don't, we have not selected a date to do this, but it's going to be within, I want to say within the next few weeks, we need to get this guest on. And this guest is somebody you're familiar with. Uh, he is not a professional musician, but he is a musician. And he teaches a thing called Law of Attraction. And I don't want to get too crazy into this, but I do want to relate it to being a musician and how we can tie this in. Uh, he is going to be launching this program next month in July, late July, that uh, teaches and mentors people on how to... Um, really uh, uh, focus in on the things that you're passionate about and overcome fears um, and really use the energy of life to your advantage to where you can uh, excel at what you, you do. And he relates to this well because of his music background and it was part of the reason that he started this because he had an issue with performing in front of people and that's something a topic that comes up a lot in the group uh, where people talk about performing in front of people a lot of people have fears about it um, like performance anxiety yeah and and then there's a lot of other things that come in to play now he is a friend of mine 
So I want to bring him on to the show and help him promote this program on, in Caravan Central Group and on the page as well. But primarily bring him on the show to help him promote it, but also to really tie in being a musician to this idea of law of attraction because that's something that you know, obviously, that I've been passionate about for a long time and you're very well aware of what it is and and how it works in your life. I think maybe even better than me that your awareness and, and uh, understanding of oh, it definitely works. Um, and I want to make sure that when we have him as a guest that we are, are um, providing a, a good value for people that are musicians that can, that can really gain something from this understanding of what this is and hopefully join up with him in his program, which would be incredibly beneficial to them. Um, it, it for their musical life. So, so what are your feelings on that? And and um, how do you think we best can uh, uh, you know accomplish that? Well, listen, wisdom hour, right? Our our focus and our our, our mission and our our hope was to make it a platform to be able to inspire people and talk about things that matter relative to you know, attitude and respect and, and mindset and how you think about things and how perspective can change your mood on things and change your, your vision or, you know, to your discussions earlier, like depending how you look at it, right, can also energize you or, or, or make you look at the situation differently, which, you know, will then change your mood and elevate your spirit and, you know, it's excitement and the passion that goes with it. So, you know, those are all real things. If you spend the time to, to learn about them and, and apply yourself to them and everyone can see it at work in their own life, regardless if it's positive or negative or, um, you know, how, the, how we react to things is, is how we interpret them and, and how we perceive them, which is then how we're going to think about them and, and then either, you know, have a, something positive to offer to it or, or something negative to take away from it. Um, right. So that being said, I think anything, you know, re relating to especially musicians that would inspire or or change their mindset or, or open their mind to maybe a different perspective on how to look at things uh, is what Wisdom Hour is all about, right? Because it's tongue-in-cheek Wisdom Hour, but it, it was just meant to share, you know, stories and knowledge and, and inspiration and, and positive message to, to all of Cover Band Central and anyone else that listens to the podcast. Right. Um, you know, that's really the intent. So if it, if it aligns with that intent... Uh, and it's who I think it is, then I think it'll be a really good thing. Yeah, it is who you think it is. And I think it, I think so too, because he understands he's a music lover, you know, and he's a musician as well. And, um, you know, he can really relate to that. Like he and I have a very, very good relationship, um, you know, personally and because he really understands me and he understands what I do. And, um, I think he can add a lot of value to our community just for the, all the reasons that you said, man. So um, I'm really psyched to have this happen. When I, I found this out a couple of days ago, I was like, I can't wait to tell Tony. <laughs> yeah, this is very exciting. Yeah. Um, he is, he's, you know, somewhat of a famous person, um, you know, depending on your circles of things. You know, he's not a, a, a famous musician, but he's somewhat of a, a famous person. But... Uh, when that is officially locked in, then I'll make that announcement on the page and in the group and and, and really kind of hype it up because um, 
yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool thing. It, it like yeah, just like the the synchronicity of all of it of you know wisdom and and that and how you and I first started wisdom hour which was just a phone conversation every week yes it was and it was (laughs) and it was talking about that you know things like that um just the energy the love the passion the 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 the, well the coincidence of things and recognizing you know signs along the way you know how you feel and what your gut's telling you and you know usually your gut doesn't steer you wrong so you know there's there's just certain things that like you start to get into tune with and then um yeah all good stuff and it, it, it takes over to where you start to you know to look at life through a different lens and different perspective you know and, and yes. you start to when you do appreciate things and show gratitude and help others and do the right thing and you know not raise your voice and walk away from from certain conflicts or accept that you know you don't have to make the other person wrong in order for you to be right you know and it's just there someone else may have a different view on something than you do you know, it becomes a lot easier to coexist with, with, with people and, and attract more people, to, you know, into your life that are like-minded and that are possessed the qualities that you want to possess, right? Because like attracts like. Yes. So, you know, your environment, your, your friends, your circle of, of friends, the, the books you read, the people you talk to, the conversations you have, the things that you talk about, you know, they're all, they're all real important things that a lot of people don't pay attention to. And, um... Like I said, it it's all ties into that bigger picture of, of a harmony and a passion and an inspired life to where you embrace every day with, with excitement and enthusiasm because, you know, you, you have expectations that the day is going to be great and, and usually it will be if you allow it to. Right. Well said, my friend. Um, and the fact is that I would have never made the move to New Orleans had it not been for this man and the, the project he was involved with. And, you know, my understanding of law of attraction, it, it would, it just wouldn't have never happened. So, um, so, you know, that led to me starting Cover Band Central and, you know, doing the podcast and everything else that came afterwards. So I'm very, very excited for that. Um, and it will be announced very soon. It's happening. It's going to happen. He and I have already discussed it, um, a, a couple times. So, um, so that's something to look forward to. That's, that's big news. Very exciting news. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up, brother. Um, we uh, hopefully will be back next week. If not, you listen to the replay. Everybody listens to the replay. That's what everybody does. Um, but uh, we're happy that you're here. If you're not on the Cover Band Central page, please check it out on Facebook. Uh, we are going to hit 100,000 uh, within the next couple weeks. And also join the group, which is over 41,000 people there now. And give a plug for your, yeah. website, your, your band because you don't. We don't do that enough. TheWeisenheimers.com, and we are rebuilding the website right now. So in the coming months, we'll have all new content and pictures and songs and all kinds of new stuff up because the old website crashed, and it was a different platform, and now it changed to a different web platform. And uh, long story short, it's coming. It's going to be great. Yes. Your band's great, man. Yes. Your band's great, so definitely check out The Weisenheimers. Uh, Thanks, dude. Yes. All right. Where is this? Why is the theme not playing? Because it played already twice. Remember, the drummer kept going. I know, but I just hit the... Going two times a night. You blew it. You only got one at the beginning and one at the end. You played two at the beginning, so there's nothing left. I think I know why. I think it's it's a technical issue here. There it is. (laughs) 
Alright yeah, guys now. That wraps up 31 We'll see you next time It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.